Hey there, Locked On ACC fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, here to tell you all why there's so much on the line for the ACC's final bowl game, or why there's nothing on the line. I mean, it all depends on how you look at it. We'll get into all that and more on today's episode of Locked On ACC. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, folks. It is so amazing to talk about what's going on in this, in this bowl season, in these bowl games. But before we do that, I've got to tell you about the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On Cops for $20 off your first purchase. Again, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time, so got to shout those good folks over there out. But the ACC had a very meh weekend overall. This thing is, is fully out of clothes now, and it's very meh. It's not great. It's not terrible. I'm not looking up and saying, oh, man, the ACC is, was, was dominant this week. But I'm not looking back and saying we had just a terrible, horrible, no good weekend. We went a total of three and four with our wins coming. Oddly enough, oddly enough, two of our wins came from unranked teams playing ranked teams in Virginia Tech playing Tulane and Boston College playing future ACC team SMU. Welcome to the ACC, Stangs. I mean, that. That plus 10 years of not getting paid is tough, but we're happy to have you nonetheless. I'm not going to lie to you. And the third win came from Clemson over Kentucky. So Virginia Tech had the biggest win with a 41-20 win over Tulane. And um, you saw Clemson beat Kentucky 38-35 and Boston College beat SMU 23-14 behind a a really big rushing performance by Castellanos at the end of the game. But – That's only half the equation, right? Because there were four bowl losses. There were four bowl losses that we got to get into. Both of the North Carolina teams that played this weekend lost. UNC and NC State both went out there, both lost, both got off to very slow starts. The only difference is UNC didn't really fight back. NC State did. But guess what? It doesn't matter how close the game was or how much you fought back. We don't do moral victories here. A loss is a loss is a loss. Both of these teams got the same result. And, you know, it's it's really everybody wants to talk about, well, hey, what was the crowd like at the Mayo Bowl and all that? Listen, it's bowl season, and that gets into a bigger conversation that we got to have later in terms of do bowls matter, how much do bowls matter, and who do they matter to with a lot of things that we're seeing in terms of bowl season. But – NC State, Kansas State, down at the uh, Pop-Tart Bowl, which everyone seems to be enamored by, right? I'm not going to lie. I'm down here in Orlando myself, got myself a box of Pop-Tarts here. They were giving them out to the media members. But this was a game that, again, NC State got off to a slow start. They tried to fight back and all that good stuff. But down the stretch, Brennan Armstrong turnovers, lack of creativity offensively, inability to make tackles defensively, you know, you get what you get there. And speaking of inability to tackle, I mean – uh, Louisville and USC, it's it's tough to see that Louisville team that, you know, most of their losses, you're thinking to yourself, most of their losses are offensive, and so you're not going to see a ton of attrition or a ton of drop-off. You get Aston Jelotti back, you got all the good things rolling, and yet USC finally got back on track after what was a very disappointing year with a 42-28 win um, against Louisville there, 
And Miami Rutgers, hey, Miami fought. Miami fought. And, and here's the thing that I want to say to Miami fans, okay? I was incorrect in some of the things I said in terms of who would be sitting out or who would be playing and all that. But I was right in terms of, hey, Rutgers is going to win this game. And that's just the reality of what we're looking at. Miami is the more talented team, but Rutgers will win the game, which ultimately ended up happening. That's generally going to happen when you're on QB3. That's just how that, that looks and, and how that works out there. So, you know, that that loss was a, a tough one as well. But all in all, again, not a great weekend, not a terrible weekend. It just was a very mad weekend to cap off a very mad bowl season in essence. But we've got one more game to get this thing done because right now the ACC will be playing in a total of 11 bowl games this year. We have played in 10 so far. And the ACC is exactly, exactly 500 in those bowl games. So the Noles have filed their suit. The Noles have talked their talk. I get it in terms of, hey, the Noles are showing that, you know, a lot of these guys said specifically they're coming back for a national championship and all that. Jordan Travis hurt, Tate Rodemaker in the portal, a bunch of guys in the portal. I get it. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, hey, this is a, a situation where Florida State is, is all or nothing on Florida State. But what I am saying is, in terms of the conference having a winning record to end the season, in terms of uh, the conference to have a winning bowl record to end the season, it is de facto all up to Florida State. That's just the reality. That's just the reality. That's what we're looking at. Five and five, one game left. Whether you hate it, whether you love it, it's, it's you know, that's the situation. And – there's much to be said in terms of not just Florida State, but multiple teams in terms of who opted out, who opted in, who, you know, who did what, how the roster changes from the last game of the regular season or your conference championship to the bowl game affects team chemistry, affects different dynamics. How vital is a player to a unit when they decide to sit out or when they go down with injury, whatever the case may be? Um, for example, NC State lost Devon Boykin. Uh, safe starting safety due to a ACL tear, I believe it was, and during bowl prep, I want to say on Christmas Day, um, as well as as you know, Buckus Award winner and um, Buckus Award winner, ACC Defensive Player of the Year winner, consensus All American Peyton Wilson, and that's not obviously NC State and the only team, right? Where we look at how many guys sat out and or are going to sit out in terms of the Florida State game and what that's going to look like. We look at how many guys from these different games have decided to sit out or be in the transfer portal and things of that nature. And so we're going to have a conversation about what bowls mean, who they mean something to, and why they mean something different than they used to. Because that is, I think that we're doing ourselves a grave disservice when we only look at and we only say, hey, the bowls are worth less now. Players aren't playing, so they're worth less. But not at all examining how we got here why we're here, and even potential remedies to it. I mean, that's that's just the honest-to-God truth. But before we get into that, I've got to tell you all about game time. Folks, it is very, very simple. If you are trying to get in onto some last-minute sports, I know that bowl season is coming to an end, which means football season is coming to an end. But guess what? All of our teams got basketball, and some teams that aren't here for football are here for basketball, looking at you, Notre Dame fans. So with that being said, if you need tickets last minute, 
go ahead and get them from game time. Don't get them from folks outside the game saying tickets, tickets, I got extra tickets. You're going to end up with a, with a fraudulent deal there, okay? Game time allows you to browse, browse rather through the app and talk about upcoming events in your area. It also allows you to see the view from your seat on the app. With game time, you can purchase, you can make purchases with the peace of mind that everything that you see is exactly what you're getting. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, terms and terms apply, but create an account. Redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E, and you'll get twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed, folks. So now we've we've got to talk about kind of because we keep seeing players opt out. And I, I think there's a very big conversation to be had about do bowl games matter? Who do they matter to? Why do they matter? Right. And some people say the playoff devalued the bowl games and all that. And, and I want to start there. First of all, I could not disagree more. I don't think that the playoff devalue bowl games. As a matter of fact, I think that the playoff added value to one more bowl game. The reality is very simple. These players are looking at this deal from the standpoint of we've seen a Jalen Smith out of Notre Dame get hurt in a bowl game, go from, hey, this is supposed to be middle of first round at latest to a second round guy, and he was never quite the same. He's played in the NFL. He's had a wonderful career. I saw Jalen Smith in person and all that when we were in high school together and, and we were in the camp circles and whatnot, and I saw him and I said, oh, he's one of those ones. He's different. He's he's going to make as much money as he wants to and, and play this game for as long as he wants to because he was that dynamic, was that type of player. And, you know, the injury kind of took it in a different direction. Same thing with tight end Jake Butt out of Michigan. This is a guy that was, you know, maybe not as highly touted as um, as the, the linebacker that I just mentioned. But the reality is he was still a guy that was, you know, supposed to be one of the better tight ends and all that towards ACL in the bowl game. And, you know, the, the the circumstances change a lot financially there when you're looking at um, what players are, are set to get. And here's the thing. Players now are more aware than ever about the economic side of things. Not only are they more aware of it than ever, they're more in tune with it than ever. And what do I mean by in tune with it? When I hear people say things like, hey, players don't play for the sake of these are my brothers that I, I wanted to play with and and I'm a football player. Playing football means something to me and all that good stuff. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you at all there. I'm not going to disagree with you at all. And as a matter of fact, I'll go as far to say you're a thousand percent right and the players don't play for that anymore because things have gone the way that they are in terms of finances of this. Things have gone the way they are in terms of not only do you have the name, image, and likeness, but if you look forward to the NFL, you're looking at some very serious money that these guys are standing to lose if they get hurt. And granted, I know what a lot of y'all are thinking. Hey, you've played X amount of games in your career so far and been healthy. Why would you be worried about this one game? It's about controlling the controllables. And also, I, I get why fans are frustrated. 
I understand why fans are frustrated. I understand why alums are frustrated. I'm not going to say I don't see that side of it because naturally it's going to be upsetting to hear a guy say, hey, I came back because this university means the world to me and, and sit out when there's still massive things at stake. For example, looking at Peyton Wilson with NC State and talking about, hey, how much he loves the university and the ability to win 10 games in this bowl game, that would have been the second time in NC State history that they finished with double-digit wins, and yet you opt out. Or Tez Walker at UNC where he says, hey, I wanted to play at UNC so that my grandmother could watch me play. He's from Charlotte, and he opts out of a bowl game that's in Charlotte, right? I understand. I get. Listen, I'm not going to pretend to say I don't see how that can be infuriating. And even in situations where there are not those extenuating circumstances, like you look at with those two cases where it's like very specific things that were said that don't necessarily match, even just for the average player, as a fan, you're coming out, you've paid your money to see these players. You travel from wherever you reside to the bowl game, because let's just be honest, most bowl games are not as close as, you know, Charlotte to Chapel Hill. That's not, that's, Nine times out of ten, that's not going to be your reality. You've traveled for however many hours or you caught a flight and booked a hotel room for however many days or whatever the case may be. You did that with the thought in mind that I'm, I care about this team I'm going to support. I care about this university I'm going to support. And then you see guys sitting out. I understand. I understand the frustration there. But all I would say in terms of the back end of that frustration is – these bowls are not quite, again, they're not quite what they used to be because players are just more in tune with the financial aspect. And some people say that that's selfish and that's me, me, me. But if you think about what these players are doing a lot of times, nine times out of 10, when you hear players talk about, uh, hey, what are you going to do with your first check? What are you going to do with this or that? More often than not, you hear what? I'm going to buy mom a house. I'm going to buy dad a truck. I'm going to buy dad a house. I'm going to buy mom a house. You know, whatever the case may be, their first thought is, Putting my family on is, is what I want to do with it, right? So I don't think that it's fair to, to say like, oh, it's super selfish to sit out and you have a scholarship and all that good stuff. It's the nature of the beast now. It's the nature of the beast. But I will say this. I will say this. If NIL collectives want to incentivize players playing the game, right, you could potentially add on a bonus for players who play in the game and make the bonus even bigger if you win. I'm just saying, the same way the coaches get paid out, and I know some people are going to say, well, that that takes away from the amateur aspect of it, and that, that makes these student-athletes basically professionals. I'm going to say this. I've said this before on this show, and I'll say this again. It is not amateur athletics if it is a billion-dollar industry. If Kirk Herbstreit is a millionaire, if your head coach is a millionaire, if your position coach is a hundred thousand there, if your head strength conditioning coach is a hundred thousand, if everybody around you, everybody surrounding the thing that you do is not an amateur, it's a, I'm sorry to tell you, we can throw the name amateur on and we can say, oh, well, these guys have school too. So that's not professional. Or, oh, have you seen some of these teams? They look awful. They can't be professional. Good for you. I get the argument, but again, there are even not even talking about the betting aspect of it, just the media deals and the money that is driving realignment right now. How can you say, hey, this is amateur athletics? Meanwhile, entire conferences are being destroyed on the backs of 
you are not giving us enough money to play in terms of the university talking to conferences. How can you say that this is amateur and these players shouldn't be in tune with the financial aspect? It, to me, would be not only a fool's errand, but also asking these players themselves to be fools and be the butt of the joke to say, everybody around you will be aware of the financial aspect. Coaches will leave not only to make, quote unquote, moves up to get to a bigger stage. They'll also move laterally if the check is big enough. They'll do that. But you personally, as the person receiving a scholarship, you're being paid in class credits and that's it. You should not want to, you know, protect yourself and protect your investment in this thing. It just doesn't make sense. So do bowls matter? I would say not really. Just being quite honest, not really. You're seeing the value of bowls via the fact that how many guys have we seen? And I mean this with all my heart and soul, right? Of the guys that we look at and we say, hey, this player's a surefire first rounder, right? Outside of the New Year Six Bowls, how many guys have we seen play in those bowls? The, the surefire first rounders. Because I'm sure that that number is dropping year by year in terms of the top 10 to 15 picks. Guys who were locked in the top 10 to 15 slotted there in terms of them playing if they're not in that national championship. Because the national championship, that hits different for your school than a bowl game. Especially at some of these schools like with Jared Verse, where he said, I came back for a national championship. National championship off the table, Jared's off the table. It makes sense. The math, math on that one. So, you know, do bowl games mean that much? Again, if it's not, if it's not a playoff, not really. And that's why I'm glad that the playoff is expanding. So now you can get more players playing and, and doing it for the universe and all that. And I think that they should, you know, if you're an NIO collective and you want players to play, hey, it ain't cheap. Pony up. Pony up. Let these guys, uh, let these guys get in there and and you know. Make themselves money. We're going to close this thing out as to what's all up to the nose in just a second here. But before we do, I have got to tell you all about FanDuel, folks. It's simple. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers heat up like you've never seen. I know that we've got Russell Wilson talking about Broncos country. Let's hide. I know that they got a little bit of venture situation going on there. But right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, from spreads to player props to over-unders, and so much more. So go visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season, kick off the playoff season, kick off the college football playoffs with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So we're about to land this thing, but when I say it comes all, when I say it's all coming down to the nose, I alluded to this earlier. This is a situation where the ACC is sitting dead at 500. There are exactly 11 games. Five and five is where we are right now. If Florida State can pull off a massive upset against Georgia, if Brock Glenn can pull off a massive upset against Georgia, congratulations, the ACC will finish bowl season with a winning record. Now, how confident am I in that? Not very. Not going to lie to you. Not going to tell you a tall tale and say, hey, 
I'm here representing the ACC, so I'm ACC by a billion. I'm not that guy. I think that it's, it's a very tall task. And I, I honestly, I look at you, I look at saying QB1 going, QB2 going. Uh, you're looking at wide receiver one, wide receiver two, tight end one going. You're looking at defensive end one. You're looking at uh, so many guys. I'm not sure if Kalen Deloach is playing or not, but you're looking at an immense, immense amount of guys, an immense amount of guys, not just an immense amount of guys, an immense amount of all conference performers, an immense amount of all Americans that are not going to be on that field available to you. That's a that's a really tall order, but the game must go on. The game must be played anyway. This was part of the reason I said, hey, about Florida State, I'm good. We're not going to sign. We're not going to sign on to play in any bowl game. We're good, love. Enjoy. But, you know, it's here. So we're going to see what Florida State can do with this thing. Folks, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Tell me how you feel. Tell me how much do bowl games matter to you. Tell me, does it piss you off to see bowl games not be what they are? Are you like, eh, football is on. I'm going to watch it. Tell me all about how you feel in the comments down below. Thank y'all so very much for coming out. Candace going to be back. I know y'all tired of hearing me and my boss self monologue for 20 minutes or so, but Candace will be back in the next coming episodes. I promise you I might do one more by myself, but I don't want to do two more of me because, you know, I, I'm pretty sure after about five minutes of hearing me talk today, I said, all right, that's the right amount of kidding. We are good, baby. We are good. Uh, we, we will pass. But – Come on back next time and the day after that and the day after that. Peace and love, y'all.